You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. (laughs) Do over. Bogart. On Wednesday night this week, about 25 of us gathered at uh, one of those public pianos on 16th Street Mall and sang Vespers together. It was chilly and peaceful, and we had some candles burning on the back of the piano. And then Megan read the gospel we just heard, and as soon as she said, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness wearing camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist saying, repent for the kingdom of God has come near, I swear to God at that exact moment, an inebriated woman in stained and tattered clothes stumbled down the sidewalk near us shouting something indiscernible. And I was like, oh my God, is that him? (laughs) It was like Joan the Baptist uh, (laughs) appeared on the 16th Street Mall, a voice crying out in the wilderness, and she wore a terry cloth bathrobe tied around her waist and ate whatever she could find in the garbage can outside Popeye's shouting, repent. And I immediately thought, oh my God, that's perfect. Our charming little wintry gathering to sing vespers around a piano on the mall was interrupted by the screaming of a crazy person. It's perfect because I think we always have a John the Baptist reading the second Sunday of Advent which means that any quiet, cozy feeling you might be having around this time in the Advent season is always going to be interrupted by John, the completely nuts Baptist, yelling, repent. And he's like totally yelling, repent at you, as little unchewed bits of crickets come flying out of his unshaven mouth. (laughs) Happy Advent. (laughs) I used to hate that word, repent. Maybe you feel that way too, like, When I hear a preacher shouting, repent, what I really hear is he or she saying, stop being bad and start being good or else God's going to be so mad at you that he's going to send you to burn in hell. Like, repent or burn, which feels like more of a threat really than anything else. And that just never worked on me. Who wants their spiritual arm twisted until they cry uncle? It's like religious bullying or something. And I just can't imagine it was religious bullying, which brought all of Judea and Jerusalem to be baptized by John. I mean, fear and threats can create change in behavior, no doubt about it, but they don't really change your thinking. I mean, threats can't change your heart. And that's what God's up to when it comes down to it, changing our minds and our hearts. I mean, after all, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, which means changing your mind, changing how you think about something. We want to make repentance about changing our lifestyles, and maybe sometimes that's what is called for, but I also just, I just think God is after more than that. I mean, changing things in our lives can, of course, be a holy thing, but repentance isn't just about cleaning up your act, because what metanoia means is to snap out of it. To like think new thoughts, which on the surface might seem pretty minor, changing our thoughts, big deal, right? But honestly, this week I realized just how amazing thinking new thoughts sounds to me because I honestly feel like I am a prisoner of about 
half a dozen neurological grooves that just funnel the same exact thoughts through my brain over and over, year after year. Like, I'm in bondage to a couple, couple like, deeply worn grooves that funnel all the same thoughts about what's good and bad about my life and about the world and about other people. And hey, since we're in the holiday season, we might just go ahead and admit it's especially hard to think new thoughts when it comes to our families. Like, I know it's hard to imagine, but just go with me. Like, if our parents have actually changed as people, if they have grown and are not the same people as they were when they were raising us, can we see that? Can we even allow for that? Same goes for our kids as they get older. I wonder if the quality of the relationship we're able to have with our children directly correlates to how quickly we can keep up with the ways they change, correlates to being able to think new thoughts about who they are. It's so easy to get stuck on seeing our kids or our friends or our siblings or our boss, really anyone in our lives, in only one way. I mean, even when those things we think about other people are accurate, like, Maybe your boss really is kind of stupid. Fine, you know, but that's not the only thing she is. And maybe your kid is a little selfish, but that's not the only thing they are. And for some of us, the set neural grooves that produce the same thoughts over and over about ourselves are the most entrenched and the most pernicious. I mean, think for a moment about that. What thoughts do you think about yourself to yourself the most often? And would anyone who loves you ever think those same things? And those, are those the thoughts a God who loves you would have about you? I mean, as someone who believes that we're all simultaneously sinner and saint, who believes that none of us are only ever just one thing, that there's bad in the best people and good in the worst people, I'm not suggesting that thinking only positive affirmations about how wonderful we are would be accurate or even healthy. But I'm suggesting that some of us tend to only allow the negative aspects of who we are to enter into the equation of how we see ourselves. And I get it. I mean, some of these thoughts about ourselves may have come from our childhood when messages about who we were were so sticky. And those messages those sticky messages clung to us like name tags saying, hello, I'm selfish. Or hello, I'm not worth sticking around for. Or hello, I'm the center of my parents' whole universe. But what if repentance means being freed from thinking these same thoughts over and over, and that includes the thoughts we have about ourselves? I know it can feel like changing our thinking is just like one more thing we should be able to pull off and just haven't managed it yet, but this week I started to think that maybe the call to repent, the call to change our thinking, isn't a threat. Maybe the call to repent isn't a command. Maybe the call to repent is an invitation. It's like God saying to us, here, have some corrective lenses. Maybe repentance means that God is offering us some brain spackle for those neural grooves. I would totally sign up for that. <laughs> because I find my mind exhausting. Because when all I'm left with are the same thoughts, the same exact thoughts over and over, 
Nothing ever gets to be new. And we're told that Jesus Christ came to make all things new. And that has to include ourselves. That has to include our minds, even. All I know is I got sober almost 25 years ago, but I only started getting healthy about four years into sobriety, which was when I was finally willing to rethink my old ideas about who I was. I don't know about you, but I could go for a thing like that again right about now. John the Baptist says that Jesus has a winnowing fork in his hand, and he will separate the chaff from the wheat and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, the fire and brimstone street corner preachers might threaten us to repent or burn, but tonight I'm saying let's accept the invitation to repent and burn. Because maybe there is both wheat and chaff within us all. And maybe we are seriously not the best judges of which is which. And God is offering us metanoia to separate the good from the bad and burn away that which is bad, to burn away the chaff, burn away which doesn't serve us. Our brother Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Rome, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed, not by the renewing of your lifestyle, not by the renewing of your workout, not by the renewing of your credit history, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which is why my prayer for tonight is that we turn and burn. I pray that all of us here tonight be given new thoughts, even just one. I pray that God, who makes all things new, helps us let go of our old ideas. May God give us some divine spackle to fill in those worn neural grooves that produce thoughts that do not serve us, that do not serve our God, and that do not serve our neighbors. May God give us the strength to reach for those corrective lenses she's totally wiping on our shirt and handing to us so that we can see with new minds. Minds that see God's glory amidst the chaos. Minds that perceive God's hand at work in even the most annoying people in our lives. Minds that move more toward curiosity than judgment. May God burn away the old and make us new. Repent and burn! Repent and burn, people of God. Repent and burn in God's blessed and holy name. Amen.